Hey everyone, Joe Soto here and welcome to the Not Your Average Joe show. I have a special Joe uh, on the show with me today. So it's gonna, you're gonna get a double dose of the Joes. We're gonna talk about selling in a virtual world with Joe Ingram, the sales genius. I'll be right back with you. This is the Not Your Average Joe Show, where each week we bring you sales, marketing, and mindset strategies you need to get to your next level. And now, here's your host, international business mentor, Joe Soto. There he is. We've got Joe Ingram in the house. How are you, Joe? Hey, Joe. It's a wonderful day today. Welcome to the show. Listen, I only look for um, the best Joes out there, the not your average Joes. And so thanks for being my guest today. Absolutely. And you know what's, what goes in line with this is that my actual um, saying and my motto is never be normal because normal people get normal paychecks. So that goes right with the not your average Joe. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I, this is, you're my, I think you're my, you're my second Joe I've had on the, I've had on the show. Um, you were, the, I was saying before the show, we were ch- chatting, uh, you're the first uh, person um, that I had to reschedule on this show. And I, I did it to you twice and yeah. uh, you've been really patient, but I've been pumped to have you on here as a guest. I know you, uh, do a lot for a lot of different people, a lot of different businesses. I know you're in demand all over online. I see you everywhere. Um, yeah. doing an amazing job of getting yourself out there in the virtual uh, space. And I think a lot of people can learn a lot from from uh, your insights, your strategies. So let's kind of dive in and maybe share just real briefly who's Joe Ingram, who are the type of clients you've served, and where does this uh, moniker, the sales genius, come from? So uh, thanks for that. Now, when you look at the sales genius, so a couple things have happened throughout my life, right? I'm an electrical engineer that chose to get into sales. Okay. okay? So not your typical, you know, jump to, but as an electrical engineer, I moved really quick through the ranks because my personality was larger than most of my counterparts. And so the answer was, Joe, will you just please go shut up? and do your work. I'm like, work's done. And they're like, well, stop interrupting everybody else. So that automatically moved me into the management role and said, well, if he's going to keep talking, let him go to meetings and talk and let the team keep working. Um, and so I left there and I went to a criminal defense law firm. And so, you know, it makes no sense except for the fact that I went over to the law firm because they needed help in sales. Mm-hmm. And I went through a 14 different interviews all in one day to get all the way through this. And they said, you're in. And I was like, okay. And in my background was nothing about sales. And so they brought me in, but we were selling virtual stuff. We're selling air. It was criminal defense. (laughs) So how do you sell that? Right. I can't give you anything tangible. There isn't a handing you a product after that. And so it took a lot of the, the brain power to say, how do I get this? What do I do? How do we build it out? And so all we were doing was converting and setting appointments for people to go visit with these individuals that had done some okay things, some bad things. And so when I sat with the owner of the law firm, he looked at me and he said, Joe, he goes, how long do you think you'll stay? And I said, look, I'm morally and ethically challenged. Can you just show me money? (laughs) And he was like, Oh, okay. Okay, great. I lasted two years. I realized that wasn't true. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, dang, I got to get there. I got to get there. And so I left from there and jumped two, two rungs of the socially acceptable ladder into the automotive business. So when you tell somebody, you go, oh, I'm a lawyer. They go, uh, when you tell, when you say I'm in car sales, they only go up a little bit. It just comes up a little. So I went into the automotive industry. Um, It took me four years from entering into the automotive industry to become the head of a dealership. Now, hang on, hang on. So this was this is without any formal sales training or really, you know, you kind of found yourself in sales. Yeah. Didn't even so, have it wasn't even the I've been a YouTuber. Yeah, I've been a YouTuber forever, which is not active on YouTube, but learning from YouTube. But yeah, so the, the goal was always I mean, I went to so many different trainings and seminars and I invested in myself all the way through this. And so, you know, me now, and again, I believe in edutainment. Yeah. And so edutainment means I got to entertain you to actually get you to, to actually accept the education 
So, you know, I've had plenty of people look at me and go, Joe, not everything's a joke. I'm like, it is if you want to retain it. And so they all stop and go, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get you to laugh, which means yeah. I break down the barrier of your ego versus mine. And then you end up with the, uh, the actual learning sticking. I, I love so, this because you're a big advocate, obviously, of, use, of using humor in sales. Now, real quick, just because we're on the we're uh, people who are listening to us on the audio platforms of the podcast don't see this, but your your video looks very blurry still, and it is for a couple people. And I'm not sure if it's your camera uh, resolution or what's happening, but it's it is really blurry. Just FYI, um, on the video okay. side, on the audio side, you sound great. So audio, I, I look perfect. I look just like yeah. Brad Pitt over the phone. So I'm sure I sound the same on the audio side. Wow, because it's clear on my side, and I have yeah. nothing that's open. So um, okay, so. I uh, would love to hear some of your tips for how people can learn to use humor in sales or in their interactions. You know, how, what, what, you know, I, were you born funny or were you, did you, or you were naturally using humor? You found that as a way to break down these walls. I loved what you said, my, you know, breaking down their ego uh, against mine, using humor as a strategy. This is very important. And I think people should adopt this philosophy of edutainment, but I want to dive deeper in it. Perfect. So um, in my house, it was um, survival of the fittest when it came to humor. And so it was a self-defense mechanism. The whole family is all about humor and laughing. And so if you couldn't couldn't keep up, then you ended up, you know, going to go cry in the corner because we all we all knew who you were <laughs> and said, oh, you can't keep up. But that's what again, to me, the answer was this. And this is how I learned it. So my dad had always owned his own businesses. So I grew up since the age of seven pumping gas at dad's gas station. And then he kept buying more gas stations. And so at one point he had five of them out there. And so me as a teenager working at the gas station, go to high school, right? But, and then you, you had to go before work, go to work, open up the station, go to high school, right? Come back and then go to work until 10 o'clock at night. So work ethic was built into me. But during the day, so our the street we were off of was yeah. parallel to the freeway. Okay. And so since it's parallel to the freeway, what people would do is get off the exit before the station, come down the side street, pull into the gas station, not get gas, <laughs> pull up, honk the horn, roll down their window and yell for my dad, who's Joe Sr. And they'd go, Joe, um, I'm running late for work, but I need the joke of the day. <laughs> right. And my dad yeah. would come out, give them a joke. They would laugh and they would t- they would go back onto the next exit you know, and get on the freeway on the on. That's amazing. And so but they always came to our station for gas. They yeah. always came to our station for repairs because of the fact that the humor was there and that's what pulled them in. And so that's what I look at and say, I saw it and I had to learn it. And I had to say, that's the best way for me to say, to build a relationship. Again, if the humor is there, cause Joe, if, if you hated me, I could tell you the funniest joke right now. And you would just sit there staring at me. <laughs> you may write it down so you can tell it later as a funny joke, but you right. won't give me the satisfaction of laughing because there is no rapport. Yeah. And so I, I believe that if you introduce the humor early enough, you're yeah. going to get to the point where you can do that. So rapport is a, um, or humor is a rapport building strategy. Um, how does someone learn it though? Like what, if someone's saying, I don't even know how to infuse humor into my dialogue with my prospects or my potential customers or my existing clients, what would your tips be? So I would say we all, Okay, I, I have this this format of, that I put out that I call it's assumed rapport. Okay, so I assume we're friends before we, before we ever talk for the first time. Okay, so Good. you could you could always sit with your friends, and even if you aren't the funniest one, you will throw a zinger in every once in a while and say something, right? And you got to be appropriate in the beginning until you understand the person you're dealing with, but. I want to turn around and say, in order for me to interject humor, I have to be aware of my surroundings and then I can come back. I will watch mannerisms of you. I will sit back and say, there's certain things I can say just by this. But again, I teach personalities too. And so when I teach personalities, I'm going to be ascertaining a whole bunch of stuff that's there. And so for me, the, the reason sales genius came into play was because I've always been 
quick-witted. I've always been able to see the hole in the pattern. Yeah. I look at people and I'm like, oh, so you have these 10 things. I call it for when I go into train companies, I say, you guys have potholes in your road to the sale. And that pothole is going to derail your client out of the system or right into a bad Yelp review. And what are you doing to repave that road to the sale? And I believe a lot of times if we could laugh and we could have fun with people, then it doesn't become right. Cause if you go like, listen, believe and buy, there's your four steps, but they got to like you. So I got to take the step forward to, to see that. And I will introduce humor here and there, right. Just to make sure that they don't go watch any YouTube video about people laughing. Yeah. There, there's a guy on clubhouse, which we're all addicted to at this point. Right. And on clubhouse, the, all he does is go in and laugh and he tells everybody unmute your microphone and laugh. And so all of a sudden the energy in the room explodes and it's just an audio only format, but everybody is laughing and then the laughter becomes real yeah. and then it, it's, it's, it's infectious. And so I look at it and say, I could either spend all day looking around your office to try to see what's there, or I can go through and go on social media for whoever I'm going to talk to and start researching that individual. And I can find out certain things. We all share stuff that's personal within our, within our actual profiles, whether it's LinkedIn and business only, whatever it is, we're sharing. And yeah. if we're going to share, then look at the what's there and see what you can actually say is something humorous that happened. Okay. Let's talk about, so when you, what you were, um, let's talk pre pandemic. Well, were you visiting with clients in person? Absolutely. Okay. So I, then, I used to hold training classes. Yep. And so I would go into companies, they bring everybody in, put them into a room. And, you know, I know you, you served the automotive market for, um, for uh, some time. So is, is that your primary client and in, uh, industry that you work with? So, uh, in, Prior to the pandemic, right? Yeah, it was about eighty yeah. percent of my business. Okay. Okay. Now it's probably forty-five, maybe fifty percent. Okay. So I, I don't use the word pivot. So I say I added verticals. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I like the, it. Word, the words played out. So I just added different verticals. So the little chart behind myself. These are all different industries that I'm serving, and I had to put it together to make sure I don't mess it up. But yeah. I went into software sales. I went into video gaming sales, right? I went into all of these different ones, chiropractors, dentistry, anybody. So my whole, the whole niche that I put in place was I can help you take the virtual prospect yeah, okay, and convert it into a deal. And okay. right now the pandemic hit, everybody went virtual, right? It's very rare to get that face-to-face -face interaction. And even over uh, StreamYard, Zoom, over the web, you're not going to get a lot of the energy. It takes a lot of energy output on my side for you to feel energy on your side That's and right. vice versa. And it's so and if you right don't want to be going, yes, and duh, uh, duh, and you're like, come on, it's going to get crazy. Okay. So then how did you do it? How did you, how did you make that shift? Let's don't use the word pivot. Um, to new verticals, um, and how did your prospecting change? And what kind of prospecting strategies do you use to get people engaged virtually, and then possibly turned into a new client? Thinking, you know, keeping in mind that you know a lot, not all, but a lot of the people who might be listening uh, in my particular audience and groups are, you know, digital strategists, uh, independent marketing consultants, uh, agency owners, and so on. So for, for, for the actual, how do I do it? So I've never been that guy that's so super techie. The reason we're friends is because I know you have a skill set I don't, right? And it's like, I always want to surround myself with people that have knowledge I don't. And so for me, I've always just consistently put out good content, put okay. out videos that represented me well. Like one of the first things when the pandemic hit, right? I was like, great, what am I going to do? Well, I went back to my current clients and I talked to my current clients and said, look, the difference now is that I can hit up your team while they're not at your location. In the automotive space, they yeah. laid a bunch of people off, but they also had people that they had to bring in and other people they said work from home and do a lot of the upfront work. And I said, the people that are working from home, they have internet connection. Let's go ahead and have a conversation. I can still continue to teach them, hold them accountable and move them forward through the process. And they all went, oh, that makes sense. 
we're not going to go backwards during this time. But so what you, also you, you've you found a just to break it down and kind of decode that you found a uh, a need that the clients um, understood they had but didn't work very conscious of it. So um, that they that there was there's just because people are now working virtually. You went. Wait a minute. Let me. How what, how can I help them bridge that gap? Because that's going to create new potholes in their business. Using your words and your terminology. Yeah. And you identified, like you said, you're very good at identifying those gaps, and uh, brought that need to their front awareness, so you could then be the solution that solves and bridges that problem. I love that. I hope everyone understood that. And if and if you didn't catch it, or you're watching this right out right right now, rewind and listen to how he just shared how he how he made that shift and helped clients. It's really important. So, and again, but my answer was at the same time, I was saying, how do I continue to serve? Yeah. Right. Because Great question. Th there's no doubt to me that what happened is when we go back to where everything's open, mm -hmm. when we're at that point, I, all of the people that I'm training and pushing through a program will slide back to bad habits because the accountability will stop. Yeah. And so so to me, it was actually self-fulfilling because I said, I don't want to start from the beginning with these people have invested years into their company to go on. And then but what also happened was the clients changed in the capacity that they said, um, I picked up a 12 store um, dealer group with a brands I've never heard of because they're in New Zealand. Oh, Cool. Right. And so the actual the, the one of the managers within this dealer group said, Joe, I've been following you for a year on LinkedIn and I love everything you post. And I was like, OK, I went back. He doesn't follow me. So he's not actually connected to me on LinkedIn, but he's watching. Yeah. And he's all, they're always watching the content to see. And so I was like, OK, well, I have things that auto post and do up. So but it was a consistency of messaging. So then he said, he called me and said, look, the whole reason I'm reaching out now is because all of my staff are working from home. So if they're working from home, they can take training with you from home as well. Yeah. And so I was like, and I mean, as soon as that, that email came like the third day after shutdown, right? It was like, bing, he came to my website and said, do this. And I was like, yes. And so then I started saying, everybody needs to do this. And so without the travel expense added to the training budget, it afforded yeah. me the ability to go into places I didn't go before, right? And so I've trained all over the nation in the automotive space. And so now all of a sudden it became cheaper because the mentality of everybody shifted that online is okay. So right? there's, a couple, of, there's a couple of different lessons embedded in, in that, that share. And, and uh, I just want to call attention to them. One is, and this is a challenge to everyone listening, how do you want to show up when a prospective client finds you online. So if, if, and I want you to ask yourself that if somebody that, uh, if you, if you wrote down, you know, a hundred, 200 prospective clients, you would love to have in your client portfolio or types of customers. And they found you on the social platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and, and, and so on. How would you want to show up there? And, and ideally, the answer would be, you know, a person of value that they would want to uh, talk to, engage with, and maybe even hire to help them. But your content has to reflect uh, information that brings them into your world in a way that they want to learn from you, hear from you, and maybe engage in your services. And like you said, that guy waited a whole year. I remember I actually learned this lesson in 1999. I'm going to date myself a little bit, but there used to be online forums even back then, but they were like chat forums. Um, you know, now it's, you know, that stuff's like on steroids, all the social media platforms. But back in 1999, we didn't have those, but we did have online chat forums and there were groups around different themes and so forth. And I was a uh, corporate training manager for a, uh, a uh, credit and collections company back in 1998. And I left in 1999. And when I left in 1999, uh, to start my own corporate training business, doing sales training. And I also uh, would train uh, the credit and collection companies, similar to how it was, was uh, like the one I was working with at the time before I left. But I had been participating for almost a full year in an online forum that was just on NLP and sales. And I'd go in there and just chime in with my comments. You know, I, you know sometimes it was just, 
you know, that's, that's, here's a different way to look at it. And here's another technique or here's a strategy that we use just a contributor. Okay. Someone who would just go in and add value to even, even term it that way. I termed it as I'm just contributing to the group and, and it's interesting banter that I can have with an online forum of a group of people I wouldn't otherwise associate with. But, um, I left my company. I went on my own, started engaging in that group a little bit more, but a guy who was always under this like weird username, never revealed who he was, um, was somebody who would chime in and ask questions. And sometimes in my threads, he finally con- he says, guy private message you? And he does. And he says, I'm the CEO of a company in, in La Jolla. Okay. And I own my, and, and it's a credit and collection company in Southern California. And I'd love for you to fly in to La Jolla and train my credit and collection team in this stuff that I've been seeing you write about over the last year. And he was one of my early clients in that company. And I was like, wow, this, like, I just, that's, I learned my lesson back then. Give, give the value up front and first show up just like you just explained and look what it can turn into. So you've continued to do this. I've seen your stuff online. It's all awesome. It's excellent. I even love, you know, Joe came on here as a guest and I said, Joe, do you have a short bio, you know, um, or how do you want to be introduced? And he, and he just sends me this one sheet, uh, to make it on here, uh, that, that prepares the show host. What a great value add. In fact, I'm taking this and stealing this. Absolutely. As a show guest, how can you make the show host's life a little easier? And it probably started with a question that you asked similar to the other one, which is how do I serve? How do I continue to serve? And you're not just serving your prospects, you're serving people like me. And I appreciate that. So let's talk about um, how you uh, get into the the top of mind to some of these these corporate companies or client prospects more deliberately. You know, what you talked about is kind of a reactive strategy, which is I'm going to show up online, people will find me. And the cream will rise and they'll want to contact me if I'm adding enough value to their world. But how, how about proactive strategies? What can people do? So the, the, the stuff that just comes up on its own, my, my friend Jeb Blunt says that's sales gravy because you're going to go after the sales, right? The meat of the sales and then gravy comes in later because you had no idea. And so it's one of those, those things. But for me, what I do is that um, I get, I have several VAs that dial out into different companies, right? I stumbled yeah. into the um, chiropractic world because my friend is a chiropractor and he said, Joe, I, I, I'm in need. And so then I sat down and said, okay, great. I came over and I, I rewrote the script in the voice of the lady who takes all the, all the leads. And so I sat down cause there's, there's scripting, which is general. Yeah. Okay. And then it takes a different thing for me to sit down and write in Joe Soto. So I have to remove myself from the equation and what I think of. I still use all the NLP strategies. I still use the ultimate context of what I'm looking for, but I can write it in a way that you can deliver it. And so so when I do that and then it becomes customized to you, you can say it better because I wrote it in your voice. Now that hurts because it takes a lot of time and me understanding the person. So when I figured, once I got the data from that, so I made the case study. Okay. And so again, I am just a byproduct of my surroundings. So when I looked at that, um, I met with Gene McNaughton, Gene McNaughton sat down and said, give me case studies. I said, what are those? And he goes, he goes, "The, the client successes you've had. And I was like, oh, and I never had it formalized. So I put that together. So those are things that I then put this out to peep to my prospects. And so I, I take a, a lesson I learned from Kimberly Slavic. She wrote a book that I will go out and I put an email together that has a statement in it. Okay. okay. One of the most effective advertising plans that went out was got milk. It was a question, right? Yeah. And yep. the husband and wife driving down the street, see the billboard and they both go buy milk. Cause they don't know the other one has it. Right. Or if there's milk and it's like a 300% in milk, you know, sales because of it. And so to me, I go out and I say, let's, let's ask them a question or make a statement when they read the statement in the email. Okay. Then they have to answer it themselves. And then I give them a choice of answers. Okay. And then I say, is this your current situation? If it is rate it one through five, right. Five being, I don't need you at all. I know everything. Right. One means I just got to that point. 
The second one, it says, um, I wish I could say that's my situation. And then the third one would be, oh, it doesn't apply to me. And so I send out these real quick emails to people because I go and I get the list of people and I'll do some email marketing and just keep it to, to keep activating these individuals. But they will answer back and go, it's it's number two. I wish I could say that. And all I did was send out something. I, tr- I treat. I love that. You're sending an email and you're, you're basically saying, where do you see yourself or where, what, how would you answer this question? And this could pertain to anybody's type of business. Yeah, absolutely. But you're giving them three three options, and they're kind of self-selecting what segment you might put them in for the next piece of communication. Well, again, so what do we take? What is all the old school great sales tip, people, people love surveys. They love quizzes. They love questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, everybody wants, if, if you get to the point where you're titling yourself CEO, owner, president, whatever, guess what? You're used to making decisions and you believe your decisions are right all the time. So if I'm going to go ask you a question, if I'm going to give you a statement and go, what do you think? Then they go, yeah, he wants my opinion. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to help you identify the pain point because sales was always find their pain and offer them a solution. But if I come up and say, what's your pain? (laughs) Right. They go, you right now. You yeah. are my pain because you're on my phone or you're in my email. You're doing this. But like when I whenever I start a training with somebody, the, the first thing that pops up on the slide, I go read this statement. And the statement says, I am great at always converting prospects into sales and repeat clients. Then the question is, is that where you're at right now? And if you are, rate yourself one to five on your competency. Are you wishing you could say that right now? Which is where most people fall. Yeah. And then C, the, the last one says what? This doesn't apply to me. And I'm like, if anybody's picking C, get out of the room because I'm here to train in sales, right? I'm here to train you on this. And if you're going, oh, I'm from the office, it doesn't matter, then okay, go in. But again, I treat every email as a text message. And I don't know if that makes sense when I say it. But again, if it just, if I just send the statement out and say, where does this fall for you? They're going to reply back and you don't win in marketing until there's two way communication. Okay. Right. So until you get a reply and get a response, obviously it's right. Call, text, email, chat, right. If you get some kind of reply back, you're there. Are you also using, uh, are you messaging through LinkedIn too? Is it, is it supplemented with that? Yes. And so, but LinkedIn, I always, I always connect first. I'm not that person that has that huge note that like takes up three scrolls with all the stuff that ends at the bottom going, Hey, why don't we set up 15 minutes where we can have a conversation? Yeah. See, and again, being on the sales genius side, right? I look at everything logically and I say, sales is only a numbers game until you become educated. Because if you don't know how to convert, then the answer is throw more in the funnel, throw more in the top of the funnel, pay for more leads, pay for more people to get you people because you haven't learned how to convert. Right. Right. What happens if you only get to talk to one person today? You go, well, today's a bad day. My answer is give me that one person and I will move them further in my cycle. I may not close you today, but I will absolutely move you a couple steps forward. So in addition to, you know, reaching out uh, warmly on the social platforms, you talked about email and you mentioned list. Um, are you, are you, do you um, recommend, well, this might be industry uh, specific, but do you recommend people buy up, buy email lists so they can do some, uh, some email marketing and, and do you recommend them to do it in bulk or do you recommend them to do, you know, grab the list and then do, just do some one to, you know, put the effort and do one-on-one. So, um, here, here's what I know happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. So your, your average person gets about a hundred emails a day. Yeah. They'll open 12 of them and they'll take action on two. Okay. Right. And that means good, click a, good, a good ratio there. Okay. Sounds right, about right with me. Okay. And so I look at that to me, if I could find the actual cell phone numbers or so, right? Because text message, 93% of all text messages are read in five minutes. Yeah. Even the ones I hate that I don't know how I got on the list. Yep. So, so that's where I'm going to focus and say, who can get me cell phone numbers of decision makers within a business? And there's several list providers out there that, that will help us depending on your industry. And then when you look at that, I go, okay, if that's the case, then I want to get to texting everybody. Now, 
I also use Facebook. Why? Because they still have an average of one hour per day for their users. Yeah. So if I know where my prospects will be for an hour a day, then it's good. Now I will tell you, I don't run ads. Yeah. None of this has been ads. That's my next step is to say, how do I get ads out there? I go and join groups that are relevant to the companies I serve. Right. And then I provide value into the group and I engage with the individuals that are there. Right. I have a whole little program that I deal with people saying, how do you get to an influencer? Right. Everybody asks that. And I'm like, provide them value. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. So here, let me, let me, um, pull that out because you went through it very quickly on that last piece, which is he said, I identify, you know, groups that my prospective clients or people that I would ultimately uh, be able to help are hanging out in, right? Which groups are involved in. And then I go in and add value. That sounds simple, but I see so many people wasting time in groups of just like-minded people. Okay. And there's a difference. People who um, are spending a great deal of time, not where their prospects are, but where their peers are. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's like marketers going into the marketing groups and uh, for learning and for bringing yourself up to speed on some of the stuff that's out there. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not telling people don't get involved in that stuff, but if you are, you know, for instance, still scaling from zero to a million, especially your efforts should be in groups where you could, there are people that you could serve and you could alert them to the fact that you could by adding value first to grab their attention. And that's that's what Joe's saying that he does. He does it so naturally. It's just part of his makeup of how he spends his time. Um, and I also like that you, you know, it, it's not about ads. And, you know, it's it's about how do I put forth the effort to organically build these relationships? And I know you're, you're wonderful at it. And I know you've got a couple, you have a show that you do, um, um, I've caught a couple times, the yeah. war games, right? Yep. Um, how do people find out about that, by the way? How do, how, do they, how do they see more of your kind of stuff? Let's talk about this just for people who are on here before so, they get so off. For, for everything I put out on the web, and I believe the value comes first, right? So yeah. I put it out. So um, everything's at the, the geniuslinks.com. So I put all that stuff out there and say, if you go there, you're going to find my contact page. You're going to find all of the things you could be looking for. So the, for the people who are only listening auditorily here, the yes. genius links. links. Yes. The genius links.com. You'll know I, because people who know my me face, know I love simple domain name. Yes. I love it. Yeah. And, and so, so they can connect with you there, right? Yes. Yes. You can connect there, find the YouTube channel, find all the stuff that, that I put out on the web because of the fact that I want to provide value. But my war games get uploaded. They're going to be live for two weeks out on my YouTube channel before they come back off. But anybody on Wednesdays, it's Wednesdays, 2 p.m. Pacific. If you go to wargamesgroup.com, guess what? You know, it drops you right into the Zoom meeting or you can catch me on Facebook that's there. And then I convert that to audio and make it into the Sales Genius Podcast. So... Terrific. But, so, but that's me giving that's back. a strategy in and of itself. Let's break that down for a second for people. Okay. We're talking about selling virtually. And you can you you kind of do this um in general, but there's bound to be clients once in a while or companies and businesses and people who will find this and stumble upon your content and be like, Man, this guy's adding value. I want to get him in front of my team. And uh so you you do the group on Zoom. Uh, and you, you said you only, and then it, it shows up on YouTube, but only for a two week span. Are you going live on zoom into StreamYard or, uh, or not stream? Are you are into, into, um, YouTube or now I go, I go live onto Facebook Yeah, because that's, that's where my, most Got of it. my market is. Okay. And so, and then what I do is I go live onto Facebook. Okay. When, when I'm done there, I share it into all of the company groups that are there. So Brilliant. like I, I'm a member of 150 groups okay. that are there. And so I'll go in and I'll go ping the industry groups and the pages that are relevant to what I put out. So that in turn means what? I'm adding value. It's going to be forever on Facebook in yeah. that, unless I go delete the post. And you're not, you're not, you're not sending just everyone's understanding here. He's not, he's not spamming them with pitches and, and Hey, well, look at me and come, come go to my links and my site. He's just sharing his video trainings and, and, uh, you know, the, 
and and whoever and maybe his guests that he's got on the, on the war games and all this. So that's a valuable share you could do into these groups. It takes a little effort though. Yeah, and I will tell you that when you look at again, it's a mastermind. That's the equivalent of it, right? And then yeah. I grab people and I say, "Here, come share your your lesson." Because too often, when when there's only one trainer and it's in one group, yeah. it become you become parent death, right? <laughs> and this is what this is what happens to. I mean, you have all your kids. You know, there's there's a child you have to tell the opposite to because they're <laughs> going to do the opposite of whatever you tell them, and one will do everything. But most most of them are going to become parent death, and that's what companies need to bring an outside voice in for is that you could sit down and tell everyone in your company ABC they're not listening because we all sound and I'll date myself right Charlie Brown's teacher wah, 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 is all they hear when you're talking to them so I walk in I sit down with a fresh approach we make them laugh we go through it and somebody had asked earlier the the jokes it's not jokes it's humor and it's stories about funny things that have happened Right. You can make a joke. But again, I will point out that we could all talk about a client that kicked our butt with a whole bunch of a whole bunch of objections and stuff like that. And when you go back and and tell it, like I I tell one story where I say, look, customer drives four hours into my dealership, drives four hours, comes into the dealership and says, hey, um, I'm now ready to negotiate for the next four hours. And my salesperson comes and goes, boss, could you come over? I'm like, go to your manager. And he's like, no, they're going to tell him to get out. Can you come talk to him? And I said, okay. I I walked over, sat down, introduced myself. I said, hey, can before we go, I understand you want to negotiate. And he goes, yes, I do. And I said, you know that you don't have a leg to stand on, right? And he goes, what? And I said, you drove four hours to come here. You passed 30 other dealerships, and I know you called them all to see if they'll match the deal I put on my website. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, here's the deal. You want to negotiate for four hours? I'm going to deputize my chair to negotiate for me. And he was like, what? I go, I'm going to leave the chair here because we try to get people in and out in an hour. So that means what? I can. My salesperson, Daniel, can help four more people while, we're, while you're negotiating. I'll come back. <laughs> three hours and 45 minutes and spend the last 15 minutes with you. And we will just batter it all out. But the answer will be the same as the chair. There's no budge. It's just how it is. And the guy looked at me and he goes, fine, let's do it. And I was like, okay, let's get you in and out of here in the next half hour. Okay. And we'll go through. But again, I didn't do it mean. No, I did. You, I smiled. You did it, you did it humorously. That's actually humorously doing it. Right. And he was like, Ugh. but I was like, let me point out the actual standing because you believe you're in the driver's seat. Right. And I'm like, you are because I want to serve you as a customer, but I'm also going to get a bad review later because you were here for four hours negotiating after a four hour drive. I'm like, you could leave in 30 minutes and get the four hours you want to negotiate on your ride home in your new truck. <laughs> right. And so, but again, see, that's something that I, I'm going to say it wasn't even not negotiating for those four hours could be what you would have saved in your illusion of uh, illusion of uh, negotiating the price of the truck. Right. And so, but again, that's what I look at and that's say, right. come on. But again, the I will tell you what I do. Um, I have the auto posting of things that I've done prior. Yeah. Like client testimonials and stuff like that. Those are yeah. all my auto posts. Right. So those go out to my social media, my Google business page, things like that. And it continuously updates and goes through there. Then when things happen, I go in and share them. But most of the time, my my direct opinion or stuff that isn't truly business in nature, those yeah. go in the stories, the ones that disappear. <laughs> right. And right. so those go away. Like uh, Ken Walls, I see is on. Ken Walls and I both get duplicated all the time for profiles. So people take our pictures, create different names and try to get money from people. So, so I, again, I, that happens. I put it out there and go, Hey, in 2019, I had 21 fake profiles on Instagram made with my face trying to be the genius that was out there. That's in a little story highlight, right? Just to say it's there because what happens when somebody comes and yells at me because they, I tried to get money from them. I can go back and go here, go look, this is the account I reported. So you take your show much like I do and then 
and then repurpose it as a podcast as well. Yes. And the name of your podcast is the Sales Genius Podcast? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. And so people can find that on Apple Everywhere Podcasts. Are found. Okay. And then uh, do you repurpose it anywhere else? Do you, do you also, uh, do, you, do you make a, a, do you a YouTube playlist with it or no? Um, I do the YouTube playlist and I had because I just came up on a year. So mm-hmm. I archived it down. That's why they only sit up there for two for two weeks now yeah. is because I'm going to pull them off and add it into a program that someone Got can it. buy and get all of the stuff. So that's another okay. repurposing to say here, if a company doesn't want to pay for me to come in, great. Why don't you have 52 war games that you can? I also, yeah, yeah. and it could be a bonus. It could be a bonus to a program, a, a higher level program. You'll also throw that in, which is great. So this, that's this, where I look at it. But this is to great. Me, at the same time, learning from you, Right. Because I went through that. I'm like, that now can be help me with a list builder. Right. And offer that yeah. as a free to come in. And so, but I was like, I have to get that. I have to get that. Okay, great. So just to remind people, they can go to the sales or the genius links, the genius links.com to connect with Joe online. You see some videos on there of him. You can connect with him on social there. You can get to his YouTube channel from there. All of it's there. This is also a really great page because you just kind of, direct people to your world in a, in a variety of ways or however they see fit. It's like a buffet of Joe's links. So go take a look. Um, make sure you do that. Um, this has been awesome. I, I, I've actually wrote down some of the, some of the languaging that you're use here, use here that I really like. I think, you know, when people are trying to uh, prospect or sell and, and uh, virtually they make it harder than it is. So tell me what some of the, um, some of the, uh, what would you tell somebody who just says, listen, I don't know that I have the years of, of experience you have, Joe, and I don't have, um, I didn't have a business, uh, maybe even pre-pandemic uh, that was thriving or like a shift from, what would you tell somebody who's like, I'm just kind of new getting into sales or I'm new with my new digital agency or I'm new with my new consulting business um, or I'm new trying to find prospects online. What kind of encouragement would you give them and how would you tell them to get started? So I'm a, I'm going to tell you that every single one of us has a different story. Okay, we all got here in a different way, which okay. in, in turn makes us unique enough to share the story to find the tribe. So if we're looking for people out there that are like us, then show who you are, because too too often, okay, and I, I tell everybody all the time, do not follow anybody that tells you to fake it till you make it. <laughs> okay. I'm like, that just doesn't, it doesn't work to say fake it till you make it because we all inherently pick up on the fake. And it's an unconscious trigger that says there's something about this person I don't like. And yeah. I'd rather you not like me for me. I like, I agree. agree. Okay. Instead of you doing the, oh, by the way, don't like me for the fake personality I put out there. So I, I'm authentically me, and that's a word that's just way too overused right now. Yeah. But I, I want I want to be me because Joe, I can't remember what I lied to you about, and remember right. what I lied to Ken about, right? <laughs> or lied to to Justin. I can't remember these things. So, and the truth requires no memory. And so I want I would tell everybody get out there and start sharing your stuff. Even if it gets two likes, because remember, if I went by likes, then I never would have got a client someplace else because they never inter- interacted with me. And if they never interacted with me, I couldn't possibly have got a client that's out there. But again, focus your focus yourself on what value can I provide to somebody? But again, you said earlier, did you define the hundred characteristics of what you want to do in an ideal client? Yeah. Go figure out what you're going to serve, who you're serving, and then custom it, customize it to that. I, I love that. And I agree wholeheartedly. I think um, sometimes what stops people from uh, doing what you're suggesting, and I want to help them get that courage, is, is sometimes people think their story isn't that special or it's not that unique. And the truth is everyone's story is unique, right? So... You know, I, um, you know, I have uh, nine children uh, and it's kind of like that's just normal in my world. But I still am marveled by the shock of some people when they hear that I have nine children. I'm like, it's like my everyday life. Right. Seven kids under the age of 16 in my home. And some people are like, oh, my gosh, how do you do it? And they're like so blown away by it. I'm like, 
you know, I've kind of, I'm not blown away by it because it's just my life. It's just my world. So also my history, I look back and, um, you know, into, into my past and, and, and things I've been through that was just my life. So you don't, you know, like, well, it's nothing special. Everyone goes through hard stuff or they go through obstacles, but see, you've gone through, if you're listening to this, you're watching this, you've gone through your own unique challenges and you've gotten over your own unique obstacles. You've blazed your own unique trail that you've maybe lost sight of was special, but it actually is in that other people might be out there that want to relate to that and can relate to that and will and will uh, be drawn into you and your story. And that's what Joe's getting at here about, you know, the, the word authentic is overused, but it explains that, you know, if you, if you are just you, you will attract the people who want to work with you. Um, and the ones that don't, that you repel away. Good. Yeah. Good. You know, it's like those people won't work with you anyway, nor do you want to. One of the best parts about being in business is you get to choose who you want to work with. And, um, you know, we have a new program that we're uh, working on right now in my, my company in business. And I was just on the phone with an, a client today. And I said, um, and I've, I've told them in the past, I, I, I'm working with you because I get to, I get to choose to, I, I really enjoy um, what this can turn into as a partnership. And that's true. And uh, that's, that's, uh, that comes from just being true to who you are and what you want to do. Joe, this has been awesome. What are some of your favorite books on sales? So um, I don't know if you can tell through the personality that comes out, but um, The Challenger Sale is Challenger one of those sale. books that I that I believe in because while I, I have it, remind me who wrote the book. I, the, the couple, like three people, right? No, nah, like, two people. Two people. I'm trying to see where I, I can't figure out where it is. I have it. So... Um, I say I can spin around to my bookshelf in the back, but great book. You, if I look at it and I say, okay, so the Challenger sale is uh, Matthew Dixon, Brent Adamson, red cover with the white letters on it. Yeah. Um, but in that book, it it explains the difference between it, and it it's funny because I'm one of those people that I assume rapport. So everybody says Joe is a rapport builder, and Joe is going to be going to be a relationship seller. And I tell you, I don't have time for relationship sales, <laughs> right? Relationship sales takes time and it takes investment that goes through where the challenger sale, which was more inherently me, means I will actually challenge you to think outside of where you're at. So if you sit with the CEO relation and they go, well, I don't think it's for me. Relationship tells me I'm supposed to go. You're right. You're right. Maybe at another time it'll be okay. Where to me, I look and I go, I think you're wrong. I think you're missing the the point. And then they go, what? Right? Yeah. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to fight for your right to make money. I'm going to fight for you to actually see the benefit that's here because I'm going to challenge you on your way of thinking. And more often than not, when you're dealing with somebody else, the reason they're talking to you is because they're not content and they're not perfect with what they have. They're but also you- not used to to people who will challenge them. So you'll stand out and be different right from that get go. Absolutely. And they'll appreciate you. Yeah. Because, well, it's refreshing to have somebody challenge you because most of the time the people surrounding them are like, I'm not going to go tell my boss he's an idiot. Right. Yeah. And I won't tell him he's an idiot. I'll make it funny. Right. I'll so just say, I can, I can tell you that's a lesson. The challenge. The challenge is, still. Yep. There you go. That's okay. What else? Um, the other one is going to be Viznostic sales and marketing. And that's Kimberly Slavic. She's the one that comes up with the statements because typically your standard go in to pitch a company, right? Which I don't yeah. like the word pitch, but people use it. So if I go to present for you, right, I went into a large auto brokerage and I went in and the first slide said, we're great at converting our digital prospects into car sales. Yeah. Right. And so the CEO is sitting at the end of the table and I put it up there and I go, let's answer it with these three questions. And that's where I got it was from Viznostic sales and marketing. And the, the CEO looks at me and he goes, if we were that way, would you be standing here? <laughs> right. And so there was nobody in the room that was left of all the executives that could challenge me. Love that. Right. Love but it. again, they all read it and went, no. And then I said, great. So now you have to listen to what I'm saying. I just broke down the barrier. Yeah, you break down the barrier right away. But I didn't start with a slide that says, let me tell you all the successes I've had in business. You want to see all the successes? Go to LinkedIn and read my bio. Yeah. Okay. But again, it's not the time to present how wonderful you are. It's the time to say, here, this is what's wrong. Right? And I want you to tell me it's wrong. 
Okay, so that one was fantastic. And again, I have it over here uh, behind me. And then Relentless by Tim Grover. Yes, for mindset. Okay. Yeah, yeah. because to me, it, what, what hurt me the most was after tell, all tell people this, who Tim Grover is first. Yeah, Tim Grover's the, the, the coach that took Michael Jordan and a, a whole bunch, Dwayne Wade, a whole bunch of athletes and pushes them past what they thought was possible. And so he coaches the top of the top 1%. Yeah. And so people go to him and say, fix me because I don't want to give up playing. Right. But what I learned so much about that was really, I was stuck in a closer mentality instead of a cleaner mentality. Yeah. And it, it yeah. shifted me right he, after I went through it. He identifies and gives names to these, uh, these mentalities, these mindsets. This is one of the best books on mindsets you can get. Absolutely. Uh, it's Absolutely. fantastic. Uh, very cool. Awesome. Joe, man, I got to have Joe. you back. I'm so happy that you're here. So many, there's so many gold nuggets and little tips and strategies in this. I think, you know, whether someone's new to sales or a veteran in the sales world, or just really just wanting to hear, uh, you know, somebody else's perspective and take on selling in the virtual world, follow Joe, connect with Joe Ingram online, go to thegeniuslinks.com and and model the stuff that he's doing online to get himself out there in front of people um, who can say yes to him, who can say, I want to work with you. I want to, um, you know, have you speak to my group or I want to have you, you know, I want to hire you for consulting or training. I think it's, it's, um, it's awesome what you're doing. I see you everywhere and I appreciate all the value you're giving me and, and people in the, in, in the communities that we're connected to. Um, and thanks for being my guest today, man. I appreciate you, Joe. I really do. Thank we're going to be on again, and I can't wait to get to um, continue this uh, this relationship. I mean, we're both not going to invest that much time into it because it takes too much time, but we'll do what we can. <laughs> we'll do what we can yeah. to, uh, to stay connected. Um, we'll challenge each other. We'll can challenge we that? each other. That's yeah. true. And, you know, everyone yeah. needs uh, people like that, and I really appreciate it. So thanks for being on here, man. Everyone. Uh, I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you share this out. And if you like what you're hearing, if you're listening to us on a podcast later, really appreciate uh, you giving a review and letting people know what you think of the Not Your uh, Average Joe show. This is Joe Soto and Joe Ingram signing off. See you, everyone. Tune in next week for the Not Your Average Joe show with international business mentor Joe Soto. 